I'm Rebecca Moffitt, president of Vanguard Charitable and your host of our podcast, The Value in Giving. In this episode, we are talking about trust-based philanthropy and how unconditional cash transfers help those in extreme poverty. I'm excited to have Caroline Tetti, Director of Recipient Advocacy for Give Directly here with me today. Give Directly is a nonprofit organization operating in East Africa that helps families living in extreme poverty by providing cash, giving them the autonomy to use it for their most urgent needs. These cash transfers can have the same critical impact on those in need as unrestricted grants have on nonprofits. Give Directly transfers funds via mobile phone primarily to people in Kenya, Uganda, and Rwanda. The team at Give Directly believes people living in poverty deserve the dignity to choose for themselves how to best improve their lives, and cash enables that choice. Caroline, welcome. Thank you very much for having me, Rebecca. I'm very excited for this conversation today. And you know, as we really dive in here, can you start by giving our listeners a little bit of background on how Give Directly got started? You've actually said quite a bit about us already, uh, which covers um, a lot of what we're doing. But just to take us back to where Give Directly started, we started as a non uh, a charitable organization, a non-profit here in Kenya way back in 2010. And it started as an idea from two uh, students from Harvard, um, our two founders, Michael Fye and Paul uh, Niehaus, who both had this idea of what it would mean to just give people money unconditionally and let them choose what to do with that money. And for them, it was an opportunity for them to learn what happens when you change it from the normal conditional cash. So when they tested this in Kenya, it actually turned out to have been a really monumental discovery about how much uh, you know, people are empowered, how much people make choices that change their lives, the dignity that it provided, and that just how much they appreciated the choice that comes with it. And that first attempt has been the result of many, many studies that we have conducted to date about 19 in total and many countries that we're working in to date, again, 11 countries. You talked about Kenya, Uganda and Rwanda, but we also have DRC, Malawi, Morocco, Mozambique, Liberia, Nigeria, Ethiopia, Yemen, and we are also working in the U.S., Apart from these locations, we also do uh, disaster response and humanitarian uh, humanitarian responses in different countries. We've done some in the U.S., uh, in, in um, Turkey after the earthquake, and we continue to do it in other African countries where this need uh, is seen to be most required. Carolyn, I can't wait to learn more about your model and the impact that um, it is having you know, across this extremely wide global um, area. That's incredible. So help our listeners understand you know, operationally, how does it work? So uh, a lot of people would wonder, 
So many people live in poverty, but not everybody lives in poverty. And the first question people will always ask is, how then do you select the people you give this money? And that's where our model begins. Our model begins by appreciating that there are people who are living in extreme poverty and we'd want to be able to reach those people as a priority. And therefore, what we do is we prioritize data from country governments to help us locate those locations where people are living in extreme poverty. A lot of times when we reach those communities, we find people in poverty ranging between um, you know, 80-90%, which means like whole communities, people are living in poverty. Our model basically is taking advantage of the mobile technology and the expansion of mobile money that is now in, uh, in Africa. And as we know, over 96 countries, 1.2 billion people are right now assigned to mobile money and can access money through their mobile phones. What we do is raise money from donors and our motive is to make sure that we are reducing the bureaucracy between the time a donor releases money to the time the money gets to the recipient. That means we are basically addressing the agency of people responding to their needs. Typically, what we do is send $1,000 per household and our idea is to give people sufficient resources that enable them to invest or get productive assets, be able to save and meaningfully make changes in their lives uh, in, in ways that they can be able to stand back and say, at least we've made a step from that point of extreme poverty and we are moving forward to, you know, a place of decency. And so through this model, how do you measure impact? Um, as you would imagine, Rebecca, a lot of people, by the time Give Directly was starting uh, uh, its operations here in Kenya, there were as many skeptics as there were supporters. And specifically, people kept asking, how do you give unconditional cash? And we ha humbly appreciated those uh, skeptics because it helped us to ask ourselves the hard questions. When people ask, do people take the money and blow it on alcohol and cigarettes and luxury goods and waste it? Basically, we, it gives us an opportunity to be able to know what people want to know. And to date, we've been able to conduct studies in almost all of the countries where we're working. Um, the, the, the implementation of our programs is accompanied by randomized control trials, which basically means we select groups rigorously to receive cash and others not to receive cash. And then we test what the impact of the cash is compared to those who have not received. And to date, we've asked ourselves questions. Is it true that cash actually causes uh, people to waste money, spend on alcohol or cigarettes? And the answer has been no. We've asked questions like, what happens when people, households receive cash, especially in relation to household relationships between couples? And what we've seen is that cash actually reduces domestic violence significantly significantly in the study that we did in Kenya up to about 23%. And then we've asked ourselves questions like, if you gave people money, how does that affect the markets and inflation in those communities just by giving people free money? Is it destabilizing the markets? And what we found out in that study, again also conducted here in Kenya, is that when we injected $1,000 to our recipients, the impact on people who did not even receive the transfers, especially those who are in businesses around their communities, was 2.5 times more, which means for every $1,000, we were generating $2,500 uh, $2, in return to these communities. 
and there was no evidence that there was significant inflation. And we've done a lot of a lot of studies, including comparing cash with other interventions, comparing, for example, cash and water nutrition, cash and nutrition itself, uh, cash, water and sanitation, cash and nutrition, cash and youth employment, and many other questions that the development sector struggle with today. And we still remain convinced that giving people unconditional cash is a really powerful tool of reversing the story of extreme poverty globally. It doesn't matter whether you're living in the US or you're living in Africa or you're living in Asia or you're living in a humanitarian situation. Caroline, you um, you mentioned that um, you've come across some donors who are skeptical, right, of the um, of the model and of the process. And so you just gave us such wonderful information of the research that's done. For donors who may want more information, is that research available to them to be able to um, read themselves and be able to dive into? Absolutely. We don't only have those studies available publicly to anyone who wants to access them. They are online, they are on our website, and they can access them. And definitely, if you wanted to get more information, people should feel free to send emails to info at givedirectly.org. In addition to the studies, on our website, there is also a page we call GD Live. And on GD Live, we give an opportunity to donors, partners, and people who are interested in understanding how cash impacts communities to hear for themselves firsthand what recipients say the money does to them. So GD Live has unfiltered and edited voice of the recipients, though it is written, it has the voice of the recipients themselves. We also invest a lot in telling the stories of our recipients. So either in social media, give directly handles on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, we have invested a lot in making sure that the story of these recipients that we support is out there for people to listen firsthand. That's really helpful. The transparency of that information absolutely helps to build trust amongst the donor community. So thanks to your organization for making all of that available. We've been um, talking, we've been spending a moment on the mainly the work that uh, Give Directly is doing in Africa, but we also um, talked about the breadth globally that Give Directly has. Um, and we understand that Give Directly is using artificial intelligence to deliver cash to disaster victims in the United States. So, can you tell us a little bit about the innovative programs using these new technologies? I would love to reiterate that the advancement in technology is quite integral for where we are as an organization. If people, smart people, did not invest time to think about mobile money, mobile telephony, and access in dif uh, you know spaces that are difficult to reach, we would not be where we are. And therefore, I would not, I would not, you know, talk about artificial intelligence, machine learning, satellite imagery, without mentioning partners such as Google.org, who have invested a lot of their time creating some of these technology and solutions. And we have been able to use both experts in the technology space, researchers in universities, and ourselves building programs to work together so that we can be able to device solutions that can, number one, what technology does is it makes our programs quicker. So we are able to deliver faster and we are able to scale also very quickly. And so far, it's not just in the US where we have used artificial intelligence to target uh, recipients. 
you might want to know also that, um, you know, even in Africa, in Togo, in DRC, in Nigeria, right now we're preparing for Bangladesh. And in these countries, we have been able to also use artificial intelligence, machine learning, and satellite imagery, not just to locate where recipients living in extreme poverty are living, but to be able to deliver cash to them efficiently and quickly. And we have seen quite a tremendous success when we employ uh, these innovations. And we continue to you know, ask ourselves questions for what we can do better to make them even more sharper at helping us to make our programs more efficient. That's incredible. Thanks, Caroline, for painting that picture about the focus that your organization needs to have on innovations broadly, right, in the technology space and how that truly is the foundation for all of the work um, that you do. It's, uh, it is really fascinating to think about. Absolutely. And I think, you know, the other thing that is important for, I think, our listeners to understand is that um, enacting really significant change requires a number of different strategies. And from your perspective, in addition to what you've already talked about with what Give Directly is doing, with the unconditional cash transfers, um, the innovations in technology in order to enable that, you know, what other strategies does your organization support in order to create change in Africa? Where we are currently, uh, Rebecca, is that there is so much that has been done about cash. Apart from what we have done, the researches that we have conducted as Give Directly, globally, there are like over 300 studies that have been conducted. So I don't think the world needs any further conviction on whether cash works or not. The next thing is for us to go to scale, to reach more people. And the reason it is urgent that we go to scale is because after COVID, the number of people living in extreme poverty increased. And today we are talking about up to 650 million people. And the people who are experiencing disaster and humanitarian situations continue to multiply every day with a projection that by 2050, we could be having two thirds of all humanitarian situations coming from these disaster related, uh, disaster -related causes. Now, for us to be able to go to that level of scale, it cannot be given directly alone. It cannot be aid alone. We need to have public policies. We need to have multilateral and bilateral conversations with governments talking about cash and projecting um, you know, policies that are progressive that can help them to get cash as one of the solutions that they can use to help people living in extreme poverty to get out of the snare. To be sincere, you know, when people talk about extreme poverty, a lot of people just, you know, understand poverty from the perspective of the data, the studies, but the actual experience of living in poverty is so devastating that anyone having first-hand experience would not hesitate to make a quick solution such as cash transfers to help change the lives of people. And I'm, I've always shared this story, and I'd love to share it here with our listeners also, to get to understand why it's important and urgent that governments start putting in place policies that help alleviate poverty first. One woman has always struck my, my, my attention. 
living in extreme poverty for her was as dire, as dire as being able to provide food for three of her children. And these three children are basically toddlers, very young children that don't eat a lot. One time, on one of these, the days that she had to look for food for her children, she failed to find anything. And her husband, after years of struggling with his wife, took off to go and work in farlands, taking care of people's animals, but never got back home. So this woman has remained with her children there. And one of those evenings when she came back home and there was nothing to give her children, she literally lighted her fire, put a pan on the fire, and then put stones in the pan and started heating the pan. In her mind, she was hoping that she could light that fire, heat it as long as, pos as long as possible so that her children could fall asleep before they could get something to eat because she didn't know anything to tell them. And sure enough, they fell asleep right beside her as they waited for the food, quote-unquote, to get cooked so that they could eat and go and sleep. And together with her children, she turned off the fire, put the pan off, and they went to sleep hungry. Now, that is poverty. That poverty doesn't need millions. That woman doesn't need millions. She needs very little in order to put food on the, on the table of her children. She needs very little to start a small business to turn her life around. And that is what we're telling government, that we need to be able to put policies that respond in real time to people such as the lady I've just shared her story. Caroline, thank you for sharing that story with all of us. Um, this is the second time that I have heard that story from you, and I will say that it gets harder to listen to the story the second time around. And for any human, that is a hard story to listen to. And, you know, I myself am a mother of two young children and just can't even imagine, right, having to um, live under those circumstances. So thank you for the broad work that an organization like yours is doing in order to alleviate extreme poverty. Why does long-term charitable commitment matter to an organization like GiveDirectly? Sure. Um, first of all, we find a lot of value first with donors who give us funds that are unrestricted. And when you get unrestricted funding, basically for me, it is a very deliberate communication of donors telling us that, you know what, we trust the people who are going to receive the money from us. It's, um, it's, it's one of the most powerful way in which the donor community can connect with actors such as Give Directly, who have committed to give people the choice to define their lives and change their lives for the better. Now, when these resources are availed to recipients, it's even better when they can be able to come in consistently. And what that does is basically it gives donors multiple levels of advantages. Number one is being able to journey together with people living in poverty to see the transition over time, because this is not something that we can solve now and say that it is done. It's not going to be done now and give directly needs donors who can be able to journey with her through that long journey of reaching the millions of people who require this, types of, this type of a response. The second thing that happens is 
when we have consistent giving, then what donors are giving us is the confidence to be able to make decisions for long-term uh, you know, interventions. And those long-term interventions include not just delivering cash in the hands of people living in poverty, but also being able to learn and generate evidence that would help the same donors make and contribute to policy conversations in their own institutions. That time of engagement, basically, I would imagine that if I were a donor and I am donating to an organization such as Give Directly, I feel more confident and empowered to be able to tell the story of the change I've created in the world if I can be able to see the action over and over again, changing the lives of many, many more people. Having more donors, giving consistently, also builds the confidence because we need people to join in this journey. We need more people to support these 650 million people. And if we had people coming in and dropping down, we are building a community of doubtful people who would be saying, why did Rebecca give once and go? Why did Caroline give once and go? When we have donors who give and stay on the boat, they're basically sending the message that, you know what, this is what we believe in. We are not just contributing to test the waters. We are contributing to this cause because we believe it works. We believe it will change lives. And we believe more people should join on this train so that together we can journey to change millions of lives. So Caroline, with um, all of the conviction around what you believe and um, you know, the call to action for donors to act, how does Give Directly build trust with its donors so that they do become long-term committed donors to your organization? Absolutely. So um, we really, really value our donors. The same way in our values, the first value for us is the people who are receiving uh, the support from us, our recipients. We also really value our donors because we know we cannot have recipients if we don't have donors. To that extent, we have invested a lot in transparency. And that transparency basically, one means when we are discussing designs of our programs, we want to be able to give donors a very clear view of what these programs look like and be able to, to get on the table with them and tell them what is doable and what is not doable and set expectations very, very early. We also share the designs so that donors can be able to start engaging with us that early so they can be able to ask informed questions and they can also be able to ask us any other you know, clarifications that we need to make when we go out to the communities uh, to interact with the people who are benefiting from the funds they're giving us. The second level of transparency is, as I have mentioned, on our website, we are giving our recipients an opportunity to speak firsthand for themselves, to tell their story before and after they receive their transfers so that donors can be able to see for themselves what is happening with the recipients they have sent money to. We also give them an opportunity to journey with us and even come out to the field and visit these recipients in their communities. And when they come, we give them an opportunity to speak to anyone they want to speak to. A lot of times you'd hear aid organizations coaching and preparing uh, participants of their programs so they can be able to say whatever they want uh, to be told to donors. We don't do that at Give Directly. We don't cherry pick and we give donors an opportunity to walk through the communities, speak to the recipients and ask them what they think about the donations that they've given. Each donor who contributes to Give Directly's work 
get an update of what is happening in the communities that we are going to. So whether you visited our website or you visited our communities, we still will send you an email. We will tell you what is happening in the communities where we have sent your money. So you get to see what actually your money has resulted into and how humbling it is when you hear especially the stories of the recipients themselves. Now, when we get resources from donors, people may ask, is that money really reaching the recipients? The transfers that are sent to recipients are traceable to the last person. You can trace the money to the last person. But the other thing that also happens is our financial records are a public visible or are within public visibility. Within our website, we have a page where we share how our resources have flowed into the organization and how they flow out to the hands of the recipient so that any donor can be able to see if they invested so much, can they be able to trust us that the money will actually reach the final beneficiary? Finally, Rebecca, um, in any program at Give Directly, we can't pretend that nothing will ever go wrong. Anything can go wrong in the simplest of programs, in the smallest of programs. And at Give Directly, one of the things that we value is being transparent with donors even when things don't work. We want to be able to come to them ourselves to tell our donors that based on what we had said we were going to do, looks like things are different or something that has ha something has happened that we were not expecting. And that transparency, I think, is a really... Um, rare thing to find today, even with big organizations. People like to only tell the good stories and hide the bad stories. I think that any donor who listens to a partner who is open to say this actually went wrong will be able to trust that partner even more. Final thing, our studies are a source of evidence that we are not just saying we are going to give you anecdotal results out of what is happening in our programs. We invest in randomized control trials that are rigorous scientific studies done by independent principal investigators from renowned universities. And with that, basically, we are saying it is not just us or our recipients telling the story of success of our programs. It is also rigorous studies telling you that your money actually is working in changing the world. Caroline, thank you so much for joining us today and you know, giving us all of the background and the insights on uh, Give Directly and the incredible work that you are doing um, on having an impact on those most in need. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Be sure to subscribe to the Value in Giving podcast. In our upcoming final episode, Join me and my colleague, Elaine Kennig for a recap on the incredible conversations we had throughout season three.